as we go through our study of the book of Proverbs, this coming week is going to mark the halfway point. Today is uh, Proverbs chapter 15, and next week we'll hit 16, so we'll be officially past the halfway point next Sunday. Uh, this morning, as we look at Proverbs chapter 15, we're going to be just in verses 11 through 20 today, just these 10 verses. And it's in a, a larger section of, of just a lot of Proverbs that are often grouped in twos, as we've seen. You know, there's the, a wise man does this, a foolish person does that kind of setup that Solomon uses. And these verses, uh, 11 through 20, what we're going to be looking at, touches on the heart, our heart, and how our heart and the condition of our heart and our, our decisions and how we're going to react to things, how that will either make our journey good or can just add sorrow to our lives. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the whole passage and, and then we're going to, because a lot of things jump around, we'll, we'll group those verses that go together and look at what, what they say overall. Proverbs chapter 15, verses 11 through 20 begins, Sheol and Abaddon lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts of men. A scoffer does not love one who reproves him. He will not go to the wise. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face. But when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. The mind of the intelligent seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on folly. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with turmoil. Better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a fattened ox served with hatred. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. The way of the lazy is as a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. And right there on the bookends of this passage, we begin with this idea of Sheol, the grave, and Abaddon, literally meaning a place of destruction. So, so lake of fire in the end. And Solomon says, these lie open before the Lord. These lie open before Yahweh. He sees them. We don't see them. We can't uh, observe what is going on there, but they lie open to Him. How much more so than our hearts? And at the very end, with uh, a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Uh, the choosing to live foolishly is an action of despising those who have given you life. Not just uh, despises his mother, but I would say, and, and we've seen it elsewhere, that a fool despises God. And, and God is both father and mother to us in the sense that he is the one who has given us life, just as our mothers give us life. He is the one who gives us name and purpose, just as our parents do. 
And so to, to be wise, to choose wisdom, is to make our Father in Heaven glad, but to be foolish, to choose a foolish way is to despise Him. And I think it's interesting that it, it is a foolish man despises his mother. It's not that uh, he makes her upset. But no, it's his treatment of her. It's not just what she experiences or feels from it, but it's his treatment of her. And, and so as we go through this passage, as we look at it, I, I want us to consider what does God see in our hearts as, as they are laid bare before him? And did you pick up on and see how often this idea of the heart is in this passage? The hearts of men are laid before him. What does he see? What do we, what do we have in our hearts? One of the first things he deals with in verse 12 is the, the scoffer. You know, a, a scoffer does not love one who reproves him, or excuse me, a mocker. I, I, huh. Oh well, it was mocker in one NAS, and it's a scoffer in the one I'm reading out of, so there you go. <laughs> but a, a, a mocker, a scoffer, as we've looked at several times already in Proverbs, is somebody who, who makes fun of things with their mouth. They, they literally make mouths at what's going on. They do not love to be reproved. Of course, I don't know if anybody really enjoys it. But there, the idea here is that a mocker does not love to be reproved. They don't want correction. They don't seek it. In fact, they won't consult with the wise. They're too busy in their own wisdom, which really isn't wisdom. We see here in, in verse 14 that follows, the mind of the intelligent seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on folly. So, so... Am I just all messed up here? <laughs> Discerning heart seeks knowledge. The mind of the intelligent. Why? How did I make all, so many mistakes? Oh, well. I used to type it out, and Amy said, why do you type out all your verses? Why don't you just copy them out? And I went, and I guess I didn't get an NAS like I thought I did. So, anyway, this is a good thing, though, because this points out something. Because the word is heart. In the, in the Hebrew. And, and for some reason, the NAS translates it, the mind of the intelligent. And, and, but yet, it's, it's really talking about the heart. Because a person's heart is, is their, inner, their inner mind, their inner man. When, when the Old Testament writers talked about the heart, we would often talk about our mind in the same way. We, we, our thoughts and our intellect are all up here for the people in, in Solomon's time, those things were in the heart. And, and whereas we feel compassion in our hearts, well, by Jesus' time, compassion was something you felt down here. And, and so when it talks about the heart, for us and the way we think, this is really talking about our will and our mind and who we, who we feel like we are deep down inside. You know, when, when you have a person who uh, goes through surgery and and I was reading an article recently about a woman who had a, a, a complication during her third uh, delivery her third pregnancy during the delivery and she went into a coma and when she woke up she thought she was an 18 year old girl 
she did not realize that she was a 30-year-old mother of three. Now, we would say, well, her body's the same. Physically, she is there, but yet mentally, she has gone somewhere. You know, she is somebody else. And that's oftentimes a question that we have. Well, this person, I see them, and they're going through these physical struggles, but are they still there? How much do they, are they aware of these things? And we are thinking about that in the mind, but they would have thought about that in the heart. So uh, the discerning heart seeks knowledge but the mouth of a fool and i notice the the contrast of the wise person it's here but the mocker one who makes makes with his mouth the mouth of the fool feeds on folly on foolishness whereas a wise and a discerning heart a discerning person will will seek out knowledge we saw in verse 12 that a scoffer will not go to the wise and so the question of what does God see in your heart? What does He see as it is laid bare? Is are we a wise person or are we a scoffer or a mocker? Or are we a fool who just wants to run with our mouth and just feeds on folly? Or do we have a discerning heart? Do we seek knowledge? Do we accept rebu- rebuke? Uh, you know... Scoffer uh, uh, does not love one who reproves him. Now that doesn't mean you enjoy the reproof, but do you do you love the one who does it to you? Do you love the person who is willing to correct you? Are you are you accepting of those who who desire to help you on your path? You know, even a even a ugly person. I mean, I mean emotionally and how they treat you. You know, that that complains about something you're doing. We don't want to hear about that very often, right? We don't want to take that. But have you ever considered that somebody who gets frustrated with you and tells you how you should have done it and walks off in their anger? Well, to a certain extent, they're just trying to help you get through life just a little bit better as far as they're concerned. They might not have the most gracious, nicest way of saying it. But when a person does that, that is actually something that you can use, unless it's just bad advice? Do we love them for at least giving us some correction? Do we love the people who do give us correction? Or are we more of a scoffer? Are we a fool who runs our mouth? And, and notice that in verse 14, it's the mouth of fools feeds on folly. Because here's the second big theme. Not only are we looking at hearts, but the idea of, of feasts and eating. And so a fool feeds on folly. That's what their life is of. But in, as, we, as we look into it, and we're going to jump back because we jumped over verse 13. Uh, in contrast to the scoffer who will not go to somebody who is wise, we are told in verse 13 this idea of the heart is, is, is picked up for the first time after ch- verse 11. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face or a cheerful countenance. But sorrow of the heart crushes the spirit. It's a reality that uh, how we feel inside can have a lot to say about our external experience. And what is our heart attitude can affect our lives. A, A joyful heart 
makes a cheerful countenance. It makes cheerful face. It makes a happy face. If, if you feel good inside, it's going to come bubbling out. But if your heart has sorrow, if it, if it is sad, if it is hurting, if it's in pain, well, that crushes the spirit. It does. Our, our heart attitude about things and about our experiences will, will either bless us and, and, and radiate out of us, or it, it can bring us down and crush us. And part of the, the thing that we are left to do is to decide what kind of a heart are we going to have? Are we, are we going to let our sorrow beat us down and, and break us? Or do we seek to have a joyful heart? And uh, you can't always do that. Sometimes sorrow just is too great. But over, overall, there's a choice that we can make. My dad shared years ago that uh, he was stationed when he was in the Air Force. He, he, I, I don't know if it was when he was stationed outside Del Rio or if it was when we were stationed in New Mexico. But he was stationed somewhere that a lot of guys were not happy about being stationed there. It kind of felt like you were getting shunted aside. It wasn't a happy place. It wasn't an exciting place. And a lot of the, the pilots grumbled about being there. And, and uh, my dad decided, and he was still fairly young at the time, in his 20s, but it, it dawned on him that this place could be good or bad, and, and it was up to him. Is it going to be a good place or is it going to be a miserable bad place? And he just decided, I'm going to enjoy being here. I'm going to find whatever is good about it, and I'm going to, I'm going to be happy in my, in my posting here. And for three years, he had a great time, and a lot of people around him were miserable. And they were in the same place, and they were dealing with the same stuff. What, what the difference was is just he chose, I'm not going to let this thing beat me up. I'm, I'm going to look for the good here. And sometimes, as a, as a naturally pessimistic person, that's hard to do. Uh, but there is something to that. That our heart attitude about our circumstances can affect whether or not it is a hard time or a joyful time. A, a joyful heart makes a cheerful countenance. And, and, but there is a reality that, yes, at some times the heart is sad, sorrow of the heart crushes the spirit. Then we see in verse 14, the, the mind of the intelligent seeks knowledge. The mouth of fools feeds on folly. And then in verse 15, all the days of the afflicted are bad. All the days of the afflicted, the oppressed, are bad. I need to stop looking down here. I'll just read it off the screen because I keep getting... I don't know what happened. Maybe this is an... I thought this was the same copy. Maybe it's a newer version. All the days of the oppressed are bad. But a cheerful heart has a continual feast. So we saw how uh, the mouth of fools feeds on folly. Now a cheerful heart has a continual feast. It's ongoing and it's a feast. And so the idea here is is continuing that thought of, of, yes, the days of the oppressed are bad. And that, that word oppressed means to be afflicted, to be put upon. And all of those days are bad. That is not a good thing. It is not what God's desire is for us to be oppressed. But within that, a cheerful heart has a continual feast. 
I remember reading, or I think it was hearing a story about a woman in China who uh, was a Christian, and so uh, she lost her job, she lost her work, she ended up being only able to, to sweep the streets and to, and, and to clean a little bit, and she wasn't able to get hired be, for real jobs, just whatever anybody was willing to pay cash to her. And, and yet, as she was sharing with the missionaries that, that visited with her, she just had immense joy because God always was providing. She looked at her life as God is providing for me. In fact, uh, she would you know, just have these experiences where a duck came into her path and she was able to take it and eat it and, and you know, cook it and eat it and, and have a feast. And, and she was just brimming over with joy. Even though her life was oppressed, even though her, her life was, to everybody else, terrible. But to her, it was joy. And she had a continuing, continuous feast because of her joy in the Lord. And, and, and so what we see is, as, as God looks at our hearts, what kind of a heart do we have? Does, does God give us that joy? Does God give us that cheerful face and and sustain us when our spirit is broken. This idea of the the feast continues in verses 16 and 17. This is one of the reasons why I chose this passage, because these are important verses. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it. This, This better than idea happens a lot in Scripture where where we're given one thing and, and contrast it to a, against another one. And, and it's not saying, oh, it's, you know, always have little. No. I mean, it's okay if you have a feast. It's okay to have great treasure. The question, though, is, is what is more important? And if you have great treasure, but you have turmoil, that's worthless. It's not good. It is better to have a little with the fear of the Lord. It is better to, to have not have the treasure and just to have what you need to survive, but to live in the fear of the Lord than to have all the turmoil that comes from being a fool and a mocker and somebody who doesn't fear the Lord, who's going to go and do his own thing. It's better if out of the fear of the Lord, because we fear the Lord, we choose to live a certain way, and that way hinders us in the eyes of the world, keeps us poorer than other people around us, keeps us from experiences that other people are having, that is a better situation than if you're able to amass the great treasure, but there's so much turmoil and sorrow in your life. You look at the the rich people in the world, very few of them seem really, really happy. Relationships are often a mess. There's a lot of turmoil in their lives. That's not better. The second time we go to it is in verse 17, what the better is. Better is a dish of vegetables. Literally green, green plants. Better is a dish of vegetables where there is love than a fattened ox with hatred. Now you... You know, the idea of the fattened ox is that you would spend time feeding it just to get it big and fat so it would be a great feast. 
Man, have you ever been to those kind of things where there's a family gathering and there's a feast and it's really nice but nobody likes each other and everybody's angry with each other? Can you imagine an experience like that? Why would you want it? It is better to have a dish of vegetables. It's better to have very little and yet have love in that little than to have the fattened ox with hatred. And so what we're looking at is this idea of, of the heart of the matter and how our hearts respond to our circumstances and, and the choices we make in our hearts. And, and the idea is that even as we are oppressed and have difficult days and are afflicted, a cheerful heart has a continual feast. And in a similar way, if you've got very little but you fear the Lord, if you just have a dish of vegetables but you've got love, that is a better situation. Those are the better things to feast off of. The, the fear of the Lord and the love within a family. That's much better than having a fattened ox or having a lot of treasure. But what, what does our society celebrate? What do, what do we elevate? Those that get ahead, those that have treasure, those that have the fattened ox. It's all about more, more, more. And yet, oftentimes in the pursuit of that, you end up with the turmoil, you end up with the hatred. It's not a blessing. It is better to have a little. It is better just to have a, a dish of vegetables than to have all that. So if you don't have a lot today, but you do fear the Lord, and you do have love in your family, know that you're doing better than most people in the world today who are filled with hate, who are filled with turmoil in their lives. That idea of turmoil continues in verse 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife. And this kind of feels out of left field because where's the, where's the heart, where's the feast type of an idea. But this is getting back into the fool and the mocker. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife. Uh, somebody who, who, who's just hot and ready to fight, they're going to stir it up. They're going to stir up arguments. They're going to stir up the strife. Even you know, if, if there's just a little bit of uncomfortableness, they can make it more. They can make it greater. But the slow to anger calms a dispute. And, and you know, a person who isn't going to get into it quickly, that doesn't mean they won't get angry. That doesn't mean that they don't feel anger. But as somebody who's slow to anger, they consider, they wait, they think. I think sometimes this has to do with, and, and going back to um, verse 14, the mind of the intelligent seeks knowledge. You know, the, 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 the mind of the intelligent, I think our, our, the, the verse I put up there was uh, uh, talking about a heart, you know, the discerning heart. But the mouth of fools feeds on folly. Well, a hot-tempered man, that's somebody who's going to talk before they think. That's somebody who's going to stir things up. But a, a discerning heart, somebody who, who is going to seek knowledge, who's going to be thinking about things, they're going to be slow to anger. And, and the, 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 the slow to anger, the person who is slow to anger can calm a dispute. Even if they're dealing with a hot-tempered man who wants to stir things up, if you're wise, if you think, if you're patient, if, if you're wrestling with it in your heart, you can maybe calm it down. You can calm that dispute. 
And isn't life a bit better when we can calm things down? I think so. It's definitely better than always getting worked up about things. So a person who is slow to anger calms the dispute. And then in verse 19, the way of the lazy is as a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. And this is something that Solomon has talked about a lot, whereas you know, if you're wise, you're wise for yourself. If you're foolish, you're foolish for yourself. You're going you're gonna to experience that uh, result. If you're wise, you're going to experience the benefit of being wise. And part of the benefit of being wise is an easier life. It's an easier path. We looked at recently that you know, a lot of times we talk about the Christian life and that it's harder because the world is against us. But on the other hand... Seeking righteousness and following righteousness is the easier path because it puts you on a level path and it puts you in a place that doesn't have obstacles in your way, not, not obstacles against God. The same is true here. The way of the slacker and the, the, the mocker, the fool, the hot-tempered man, the slacker, the, the, the slacker, these all go together as the person that you don't want to be. The way of the slacker is like a hedge of thorns. It's just not easy. Their life. Everything seems to have a problem coming into it. Not because they picked a bad road. It's because of how they're going down it. It's, it's their life, the way they're living. Because of being a slacker, or as this, passage, this translation says, the way of the lazy. Somebody who's just not trying to work that life will always be harder. But the path of the upright, the path of somebody who who lives in an upright way, who lives righteously, who wants to follow the Lord, their path is a highway. It it is going to be an easy path. It's straight. It's right. And, And so the question for us as we go through this is, how do we choose to live? It, we have to decide in our heart, what kind of a way are we going to live? Are we going to be the foolish person who mocks things, who doesn't seek out wisdom, who doesn't love the people who would choose to correct them? We're going to just feed on folly and seek treasure. We're going to be a slacker and be lazy. How are we going to live our life? If we put these verses together and, and see a composite of what God is calling us to be as people, and as He looks at our hearts, what He would like for us is that we would be a per- people who seek wisdom. That we would be content with a little, as long as it's what the Lord is guiding us to and giving us. That, that our, our priority would be to fear the Lord in our lives and to love one another. I think part of that loving one another and having that love together is to be slow to anger. Calming down situations instead of stirring up strife. If we do those things, then the path that we are on is going to be like a highway. And in the end, our Father in Heaven will be joyful about us. Because a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. If we seek to live the way God is calling us to, and a lot of times it's not the showy, it's the consistent. 
But if we live that way, it makes Him happy. It makes Him glad when we choose those paths. And, and, and though we have oppression and dark days and difficult times, and there are times when our hearts do uh, ache and our spirit can feel broken, if we have a cheerful heart, if we seek to have a cheerful heart, and, and a, a joyful heart makes a cheerful face, and then a cheerful heart has a continual feast. No matter what we go through, if, if, the, if we make God our joy, seeking Him and desiring to follow Him, the purpose that we have, that's where that continual feast comes from. That, that joy that we can have. And even if we have a little, we'll be fine. Even as we go through struggles and trials, we'll feel like we have a continual feast because we have the Lord. Decide in your heart. Are you going to have that cheerful heart? Are you going to have the heart that seeks after the Lord? Are you going to be wise and accept correction and seek out those with knowledge? How are we going to live our lives today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, that You give us Your wisdom. That we... we lie open before You. We often don't know what's in one another's hearts. Sometimes we can't even fully understand our own heart. But it is all before You and You know us. And You know that we have need of correction. You know that we, we need to be reminded of what's important in life. Lord, forgive us for the times that we are foolish. That we seek to be lazy and slack off. When we mock, when we should pay attention and learn and grow. Father, forgive us. We pray that You would give us a cheerful heart. That we would be content with what we have. And that we would focus on knowing You in greater ways. That we would grow in our fear of You, a, a reverence, and also our worship and love for You, Lord. We pray that You would mend our hearts. If we have a broken heart today, Lord, and we're struggling and hurting inside, we pray that we wouldn't hide it from You and we wouldn't hide it from our friends. Lord, would You restore us to joy. We thank You for the work You've done in our lives through Jesus. That You have given us hope springs of living water inside. Father, You are the one that gives us a continual feast. Help us to keep our focus on You. To rest in You. We pray and ask today in Jesus' name. Amen.